Greetings, fellow humans. You are listening to America's most human and definitely not alien fungus podcast, The Pod People. I am Matisse Van Rossum, and I am booling with my slimes. I am not Ben Sheets. I am Ben Plus Plus. Hello. I am not Cleveland Mosier, and I am Kalazapan Sexual. <laughs> Oh shit, I'm showing emotion. Oh no, don't get me! Ah! Fuck! (laughs) Well, our disguise is given away. It turns out we are not the emotionless alien creatures that we pretended to be. Thank God. Yeah, well, uh, it is episode two of our five-year podiversary. Our celebration of five years of this exquisite podcast. And what a wet fart of a movie to review for it. Well, you know, sometimes sometimes it happens, you know, our 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 typical format for the Potiversaries is to do original versus remake, and often the remake is uh <laughs> is bad. Um and you know that that sort of holds true for our second episode here. Shit. Um <laughs> did you think did you think of a joke that you wish you had said a few minutes ago? No, I'm just dying over how shitty this movie was yeah hey, sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but fuck man it's no awful no one took it in their <laughs> intros but puke gang i puke gotta gang. rep for the homies uh, i, I guess he did say slime season oh yeah God. well you know we also got a rep for our postmodernist <laughs> feminists that didn't exist 500 years ago oh, man. shout out oh. shout out to the real ones what a movie. Well, sorry as you were saying tease i'm sorry yeah well um <laughs> fucking <laughs> Well, uh, a couple of years ago, obviously, for our podiversary, we did an original versus remake of uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and this year, in the year of the sequel, we are covering the uh, two other remakes of that same story. Last week, we did the 90s uh, film Body Snatchers by Abel Ferrara, a uh, flawed but uh, pretty interesting film that I think we generally enjoyed. I like it. Uh, but this week... We did Guy Ritchie's Snatch. Again with that joke. <laughs> it never... Well, it's admit. never funny or... <laughs> or... <laughs> it's never funny or pertinent. <laughs> but, yeah. here, but here we are again. No, this week we covered the... <laughs> Guy the, the most recent adaptation of Jack Finney's novel, The Body Snatchers. We're uh, talking about 2007's The Invasion. Yeah. And, you know, I have a lot of thoughts about this movie, but I just wanted to mention, like, I wish the the third movie in the trilogy hadn't been stuck in development hell for so long, because I really wanted to see of the... Well, there's still possibilities for a future of the film, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, well, well, where to start with this movie? It was bad. Bad. Stinky. It, no uh, it, Didn't like it. Yeah. It, it has faded into, faded into obscurity for good reason. For shit. Um, it made a Abel Ferrara movie look like a subtle masterpiece in yeah. comparison. Jesus, yeah. What I'm going to argue, actually, is that this movie is, in fact, the the purest version of the story because it is a simulacrum of a film. It has all of the correct parts of a film. It looks like a film from the outside, but once you get 
acquainted with it, it's actually soulless and devoid of life or creativity or artistry. Mm-hmm. Much like the pod people. <laughs> so it's a true pod movie. Yeah, it's it is uh it it's the the perfect way you can tell this story uh by making it generic and boring and soulless. And they did it. And it's got a couple of good actors in it, but not a good acting to be found. <laughs> yeah. I will say it was odd in 2022 post-COVID to see such an anti-vaxer movie. But it has like a positive vax message at the end. Vaccines do save the day. They just dump them out of helicopters, though. Spoilers for the end of this dumb fucking movie. I, I think the message of this film is a little bit confused. I don't think it really has one. I do think in a lot of ways, uh, incidentally or otherwise, it does sort of portray itself as like an anti-vax kind of film. Uh, it, it has... It has uh, the uh, tinges of of what I would consider right wing reactionism, but undeveloped in such a way that I'm unconvinced that they're intentionally there, or if we're just reading into something. I think, that is... I think we're just like trying really hard to like get anything out of this movie because it was a big yeah. piece of shit. Yeah, I will say one of my favorite scenes in the movie is right at the beginning. We see a really terrible spaceship crash cg spaceship a cg crash. space shuttle yeah they they cut to news real footage and uh or like news like, fake footage oh fake news footage damn it is cnn after all oh jesus <laughs> <laughs> the liberal um, media <laughs> um they they cut to a sheriff and he's like uh yeah we gotta make sure no one touches it because it could be in contaminated and then it cuts to like an old rednecky lady and was like yeah we stopped and we touched it yeah we did we did touch it a little bit (laughs) (laughs) there is there's some stuff in this movie that could almost be played for comedy Mm -hmm. but the movie takes itself so seriously that you know it's not like supposed to be that's a good example it's just it's too 2070 with like the the blue filter all over everything and yeah. just taking everything so serious. That's the thing about it though. Like it almost works at times as like so bad it's good because it has a lack of self-awareness. Almost. Like Nicole Kidman slamming a two liter of Mountain Dew or like the <laughs> the waiters just puking into the coffee at the CDC headquarters. Yes. Those are very funny elements. And I think if they were more self-aware with it, it wouldn't work. It's because, like, it's so self-serious yeah. that that is funny. But there's not enough, there's still not enough of it for the movie as a whole to really be funny. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's like, those glimpses. Like, we were, we were kind of talking throughout the movie, like, are there, I think, Ben, you posed the question early on, like, are they going to do your typical body snatchers point and scream uh, moment. And at a certain point, we realize, no, they're definitely not, because the movie obviously takes itself so seriously that it can that it considers itself above something like that. Like, it has above to be... Above having fun. Right, above having any sort of fun. And, like, fun aside, like, in the 70s movie, the, the pointing and screaming is creepy, right? It's but scary and fun, it's, yeah. But, like, this movie is... is feels this weird need to be like a more grounded telling of the story and 
in so doing, it's just a more boring telling of the story with less substance. Because, like, there's no actual pods in this movie like the 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 replacement people like it's an alien virus now or it's like a fungus that comes in on the space shuttle that crashes and spreads by spores or whatever but there's no actual like putting the pods near people while they're sleeping and then like the tentacles coming out and like invading their bodies and transforming them. No, it's just if they fall asleep after somebody has puked in their mouth, then uh, they get real slimy for a little while and then they wake up and they're, uh, they're pod people. But I mean, it feels can't even call them pod people because there's no fucking pods. There's no pods in this movie. Nope. Lack Which is good. Lack of pods. Good. We don't have to consider it a pod movie. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for it. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, they, they take away all the fun shit, and it's, we're left with a hollow shell of a, of a movie, uh, and it, it sucks. Um, you know, there's some kind of fun, like, action sequences, but that's not really what I go into a film like this, like, wanting or expecting. No, I mean, by the end, it, it turns into, like, your typical uh, 2000s kind of action thriller. And, like, I guess the car chase at the end is, like, kind of fun. Like, when they throw the Molotov cocktail on the wind on the windshield and Nicole Kidman is, like, peeling through the streets of D.C. with, like, the car on fire, That that's, like, kind of fun. But it's so... It's so overstated for this yeah, kind of, I mean, of story, I, I think. I mean, like, I, I do like the the sequence when there's a bunch of pod people, so to speak, on the car. Yeah, we'll call them that for convenience. Yeah, on the car, and she has to, like, shake them off by, like, crashing the car into different things. Oh, and flings them through the, yeah. the big glass windows yeah, of the storefront. That was fun, but that feels, like, straight out of, like, a zombie movie. Yeah. More so than an invasion movie. Yep, check the date. Um, 2007. Yeah. That's the thing, is, like, the, the earlier movies are especially the first two are like very much products of the cold war and the red scare and you know the the fear of an invading force disguising itself as your neighbors and you know insidiously uh replacing you with uh with a commie version of yourself you know mm-hmm. and it's like this comes out in 2007 it's an american movie there's like slight hints to or references to like the war on terror just because you have to in a post 9-11 american movie that's the thing i think this movie is more right wing than any past one yeah i agree i I I do like that threat you know mentioning war on terror war on iraq is the threat of islamic collectivism almost Mm. and like that's kind of the metaphor they're trying to mold here, and that's well, even more insidious. Even yeah, like even beyond that, I think the the one that was seemed really clear to me is the idea that like war makes us human, like yes. and that war is necessary. That's what I what struck yeah. me as kind of right wing. I mean, that's sort of how the movie. That, I mean, that's exactly how the movie ends. You know, Daniel Craig is reading about more war in the the newspaper and. 
you know, she she harkens back to like, oh yeah, she has they... the the memory of the very clunky uh, conversation with the yeah. Russian diplomat earlier in the movie. Yeah. He's like, if you do not turn on the news and see the war, then you know that we are not humans anymore. It's like, ah, oh, okay, cool. So war is how we know that we're human. And Got it. And Amer and American, yeah, right? Yeah, great. That is the that's the funny thing is because the director of this movie is not American. Um, it's a dude named Oliver uh, Hirsch- Oliver Hirschbeigel, um, who is a German filmmaker. The only other like really notable movie he's directed uh, is Downfall, the uh, the Hitler movie with Bruno Ganz. This movie was written by I think an American uh, guy, yeah, David. Kajganik, who interestingly, <laughs> I noticed, huh. also wrote the screenplay for a movie, a new movie that we're going to be covering later in the year, the new Luca Guadagnino film Bones and All. Oh, he wrote the screenplay that's for that. Not good. Well, I mean, they've had like. Well, here's the thing, and I know this. I know this doesn't. I know this won't mean much to you, Ben, because you didn't like the movie. But uh, he did also write the script for uh, Guadagnino's Suspiria remake, which oh, I do like a sense. lot. That's why it's oh, yeah. shitty. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, it's in like the one with <laughs> with uh, Tilda Swinton and oh, yeah, really uh, Dakota like Johnson. Movie. Yeah, me too. The, the bad yeah. one. Yeah. No, no the no, good. It's a good one. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a good movie. I, it's it's um, a good movie. But the uh, the thing about that. Is yeah, once again, like that's over a decade later. I mean, like, yeah, this movie came out improve. 15 years ago, sure. Yeah, and I mean, like, the, the guy who wrote The Hangover 2 also did Chernobyl, so yes, exactly. And is uh, and is uh, the showrunner for uh, The Last of Us yep. show that's coming out next year. Yeah, Craig, Craig Mason's back, he's hey. trying to do a serious HBO uh, film or series again. While we're talking about Craig Mason, real quick, did y'all watch the trailer? Because I think it looks pretty good. It looks like The Last of Us. It does. I didn't watch the trailer. And I like that. I like The Last of Us, so I'm yeah. kind of excited about it. Anyway, I'm, enough about that. But Yeah. Uh, it's an HBO prestige drama. It could be good. Yeah. HBO, you know. They do that's uh, good, usually. Chernobyl was good. Yeah, video game adaptations. Yeah, that's always a thing. Yeah, but, like, it's already an adaptation of, like, The Road and shit. I, I think that, like, I, The Last of Us is already trying really hard to be, like, a like an HBO drama. I think it'll fit in fine. Yeah. Well, that's what I've seen a lot of people say is, like, the game is already basically, like, a seer is basically like a movie. It's so cinematic. Yeah. Like, why make the show at all to begin with? It's mm, like, why not? well... Yeah, I, I agree. Like, why not? And also, like, some people don't play video games. It's not their thing. You know, if if they can do a good adaptation and give the same the same story to people who are not gamers, fine, good, whatever. But anyway, uh, fuck. Back to the back to the bad movie. Uh, what what should we talk about next? The terrible uh, well, acting. Let's start at the very top because we got we got we yeah. fast forwarded to the spaceship a little bit, but the movie. Before that, we we start with Nicole Kidman in a pharmacy, chugging Mountain Dew, going over the, or looking through the countertops, trying, trying to, to find, find all the uppers, trying yeah. to find all the uppers. She's got to stay awake. Uh, and then something happens, and we cut to the spaceship. You know, yeah. Um, and it's quickly revealed that that was obviously a flash forward. Right. Um, we'll get there later in the movie. What happens to Nicole Kidman in that sequence? So, can we talk about the CDC guy? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the the space shuttle has crashed, and a CDC guy comes out of his car, and he's like walking over, and 
he goes he goes into the the big tent that they have set up the hazmat zone NASA tent. the NASA tent and we get our first bit of like 2000s era like science babble exposition yeah, yeah. um but you know it's it's in that it's that very like it's very reminiscent of that era and I had forgotten about this but like during that time it was like really popular and moved like like to have like dumb guy movies where like at one point the scientist like says just like a string of science words to make the movie feel smarter. This than happens it multiple is. times. Oh, in yeah, this movie. God. This movie has yeah, that this bad, full such of that. a bad tendency to do. Yeah. yeah, and it's like stupid stuff, stupid stuff, bad writing, and then at some point someone just sits down and says, "This is a smart movie because the cerebral hemorrhaging of the cortex of the and it's like okay, well you know you you looked up some words in well, a thesaurus a- or you you know you got a scientist to like help you write this one part. Like, that's one not- of the things that I like about the previous adaptations of this story is that the science is not really important. They keep the invaders feeling alien because it's like okay, we know that they're plant-based because they have these pods that put out vines and while you're sleeping they like copy your consciousness and replace you and then your real body like disintegrates how does any of this stuff happen not important it just happens and it's scary how does it work it's unknowable it happens so fast we don't have time i would contend that that's part of the thing that makes it scary. Yes. Is that it's an alien thing. It's, it's something that we can't well, immediately it's, understand. It's an alien thing that has infected us before we can do anything about it. That's what's before right. It's already, it's already it. too late. Yeah. Exactly. And so by having us understand it as it's happening, and also by, I've already spoiled it, by inevitably having it so that we are able to vaccinate it or whatever or get rid of it, stupid as shit. Yeah. Like, just, just undermines the whole point that makes it scary and frankly like that's the that's the whole thing about the body snatchers like it takes people you love it turns them into something else it's already done it it's too late you can't do anything by the about time it. you notice that anything's wrong it's already too late right that's the overarching thing of the last three adaptations of this movie is it's not about trying to stop it it's about trying to retain your individuality and not become one of them there is no way to stop it it's too late and if you remove that what do you have and this movie is all about this movie is like many uh, similar movies of the 2000s is about how do we use science to stop the thing gotta find the cure gotta find how do we find the cure i think about jennifer tilly's monologue you know where are you gonna run meg tilly meg tilly Yeah. yeah i get them mixed up a lot they're sisters, right? I think so. Yeah. They're Tillies. They're both great. But <laughs> her, her, you know, monologue, where are you going to run? Where are you going to hide? Right. In this movie, they have a lot of places to run. They, they do. They have a lot of Nicole, places they end up hiding. Nicole Kidman does a lot of running and hiding in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, there's not a sense of dread like no. that movie had, you know? Well, yeah, because it also they do a terrible job of making these crowds scary. Yes, and like crowds are it's, it's always spooky. It's always funny whenever, like when she's driving on the highway or whatever, and the car pulls up behind her, and you can see that everybody there's like five people in the car, and they're all just like turned and staring at her, <laughs> and like it's supposed to be scary, but no, it's funny every single time they do one of those in this movie. It made me it like I chuckled or I yeah. I snorted. I was <laughs> it gave me one of those. Meanwhile, in the seventies one, they're like roaring like pigs. Yeah. You know, and they're like chasing them down dark alleyways with like 
bl- the blue lights and the smoke and everything feels wrong and alien and like like the 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 light on earth feels wrong in the 70s movie yeah. it really does feel like the environment has somehow been corrupted too and like that's there's nothing like that. Well, and like in the in the 90s one, which we covered last week, like having it set on the military base, there's sort of always that that question of who is a pod person and who isn't because it's hard to distinguish the emotionless affect of a pod person with just like the military discipline of a soldier. And there is kind of that like, "Mm, who is and who isn't. And this movie is like really unambiguous about like who has been replaced just because they lean so heavily into the invaders just having like zero emotional affect at all instead of just being stoic it's like they coached them to be bad actors yeah and i feel like that kind of undercuts it for me because it's like the pod people are emotionless yes and you blend in by not showing emotion but they don't come across as like hokey bad actors it feels like a simpsons episode it's like the whole thing is that like like, they are oh the simpsons are doing the pod people in this episode and it's funny like that's that's what they're going for like whenever they pick up the ones like hi yes this is my new i love my big house like that kind of stuff like that's that yeah that's that's the thing is like that's that's the thing about the pod people is that or how they should be portrayed is that they are good enough at simulating humanity that only the ones who are closest to them would recognize that they're not who they say they are. That, like, you couldn't, if you just ran into a stranger on the street, you wouldn't be able to discern that they were a pod person unless you know that person intimately. But, yeah, every, all of the, all of the invaders in this one are like, yes, I want to see my son because I miss him. Bring him over to my house, please. Yeah, I will do, say... Do you want to come inside and have a cup of hot chocolate? <laughs> Nothing sinister about that here, I swear. <laughs> I will say the one time in this movie that I feel like that works <laughs> is, you know, Nicole Kidman, our main protagonist, is a psychiatrist. Yes. And she has a client that comes in worried about her husband not acting like her husband. Mm-hmm. And... I think that subplot actually, like, does that pretty well with just her kind of talking about what it's like. And then later in the movie, her husband shows up at the office, the Mm -hmm. psychiatrist office, and she's, like, on the street, and she runs immediately when she discovers that he's He's there. there. Yeah, And I think, like, that sort of slow burn exposition is what this movie needed. Like, I think that's what works so well in the other movies, where this movie, it just immediately jumps to everything is wrong. Well, yeah, well, it sucks, too, because, like, that that side plot also, like, resolves horribly with her being, like, carted away by the police randomly. Like, like, Nicole Kidman just happens to be running down the same street and she, that she's also on in, like, D.C., and, uh, the, the, the cops grab, uh, the, grab her, her, patient and uh she she shouts to to no one in particular oh i already fell asleep and it didn't work and then they they drag her away and it's like uh all right (laughs) 
Like, that was, well, yeah, I think they're I telling her, like, like, oh, come away and fall asleep. She's like, no, I already fell asleep. It already happened. But obviously it didn't yeah, because it's just she's... just, like, uh, hammering you over the head with exposition. Well, it's yeah. Like, well, and, and here's, here's the thing, too, is that, like, I agree with where you're coming from, but I don't necessarily agree with it in execution in this film because... While on paper, that sort of subplot about her coming in and talking about like her husband not being her husband and how he's different is like good. But what that scene reminded me of, there's something about this actress. She's not she's not very good. She reminds me of the mother character in the room. Uh, yeah, that I the scene. Same thing. Yeah, that scene remind like I could not stop so thinking. So I had cancer. Yeah, it's like so I got the t- results of the test back. I definitely have breast cancer. Like it's the set. Like the whole time she's telling the story about like the dog not liking her husband. Yeah, and then she she totally buries the lead about her husband killing the dog. Yeah. Like that's what's that's another thing that I found frustrating about that scene is like, she's like, my husband's not my husband. You know, usually I'm afraid of him because he's abusive, but now I'm afraid of him because he talks different and he looks different and like this whole thing. And then she's like, oh yeah, also the dog recognized that it wasn't him. Well, what happened with the dog? Oh, well he uh, killed the dog and threw it in the garbage can. It's like, I would open with that. Yeah. I would come and be like, yeah. something Anyone is wrong with would. my husband. It's not my husband. He, I watched him murder our dog last night, and I'm terrified. Yeah. Like, that is how you open. You don't bury the lead on the killing the dog part. Yeah. Like, well, that's, that's a very good point. I think it was good in concept yes. and implication. Yeah. Because I feel like this movie needed more implication. And more slow burn. Yeah. Where this movie just jumps into it, well, and it's worse for it. Nicole Kidman's ex-husband in this film is the CDC guy we see at the beginning. He's talking to the scientists, and they're like, yeah, the space shuttle that crashed, uh, uh, the debris is covered in this strange fungus and it has all of the qualities of a of a spore yeah they like explain a, it in the first like, five minutes it's like a spore my god and then he's walking back to his car and a little girl runs up to him and is like here i this landed uh, this piece of the space shuttle landed on our roof and you can see she's holding it and it is covered in this fungus that he has just been told is like some alien organism that can survive the the frigid temperature of space and the extreme heat of re-entry of the space shuttle. And he takes it from her with his bare hand and cuts himself on it. And then drops it and, and then, walks away. And then drops it and walks away. So he's obviously like one of the first ones that we see infected. But my my point in all of that is that like the film like so heavy-handedly makes it be obvious that he's infected, like, immediately, is that, like, after that, you know, he goes home and goes to bed and whatever, and the next scene is, like, Nicole Kidman getting a call from him, and he's like, hello, ex-wife, I am back in Washington, D.C., in our old house. It is such a nice house. I would like to see our son, please. (laughs) It's like, like, it's... Jesus but fucking it makes Christ. Me realize there's a combination here in this movie that 
is probably my least favorite tendency in in cinema as a whole, and that's self seriousness matched with dumbing it down, Ooh. paired mm-hmm. together. Wow. You know, be, because it just ends up pretentious. Because mm-hmm. you have a dumb movie because it's trying to dumb it down to the common denominator, but also it thinks of itself. You know, very seriously. It's stupid, but it feels like it has to explain how smart it is to you. It's condescending. Yeah, it is condescending. Yeah. I agree. And, like, I think the the charm of the Abel Ferrara one is it's self-serious to an extent, but it doesn't talk down to the audience. No. No, not at all. You know... I think having one or the other is fine, you know, dumbing it down and making it campy. That's yeah, fine. perfectly valid. Yeah, but being self-serious on top of that just doesn't work. And I think like this movie is far too self-serious as a whole. Like it, it gets very up its ass about yeah i think with the pseudoscience and just the way it's structured well yeah while we're talking while you mentioned the pseudoscience i think that's a good a good opportunity for us to talk more about that because i've already talked about nicole kidman's patient who you know she later sees being dragged away being like i already slept i already slept but she's obviously not changed so that's when nicole kidman starts to think hmm Maybe there's an immune, like, maybe she's immune somehow. Yeah, and Cleveland was guessing what the immunity was throughout the movie. Yeah, well, well, well before there was any implication that there would be one, I mm. might add. Well, but like, I clocked, like this, yeah. yeah, and I clocked it early. I said, like, uh, very, very early into the film, like, I would say first, like, 15 or so minutes, I said, like, hey, wait a minute. Do you guys think that this movie is dumb enough? To, like, actually have them save the day at the this end. This one's going to be the one where they're able to yeah. stop it. Yeah. yeah, and, like, there's going to be an immune... And I said, oh, what if it's them... Because, like, also, like, uh, her and Daniel Craig and the son all have, like, really bright blue eyes in the movie. And I know that they just naturally have those. The as, son's like, eyes are dark. Yeah. But, but, like, but the the patient who she's talking right, yeah. to she yeah, also has, has bright very, blue eyes. very blue and eyes. And, again, like, the movie is also just, like, has, like, that blue, like, color corrective, like, tint over the whole thing. So I think it just brought it out. But... Like, it felt like, like they were drawing attention to it. Um, but the other thing they drew, drew attention to regularly, like, I, I I called it every time they brought it up, was, like, the pills that the kid was taking. Because, like, she was like, oh, you got to take your pills. You know, I put them on clozapan again. And then, like, the the, the, the Russian guy uh, at the, the little event or whatever was, like, talking about, like, how, oh, if there was just a magic pill that could do whatever. So I thought, like, that was going to be it, too. But then all, it turns out that... That ends up... I I don't know if it's supposed to be a red herring, but it does have zero sloppy. payoff. Because, yeah. like, there is a lot... There are a lot of references to, like, Clonzepam. I, I don't know. Clonzepam. Yeah. Like, I don't know drugs, but, like... It's an antidepressant. The kid is taking it to, like, help him sleep, and we see Nicole Kidman, like, looking for it. Yeah. That's why he takes it, because he's yeah. having nightmares. Yeah. Well, because there's Klonopin, which is something different, but this is Klonzapan. Klonzapan. Yeah. Whatever. Fucking pharmaceuticals are confusing. Um, but there is, like, this one specific drug that they keep mentioning. The kid's taking it in the beginning 
when we see her in the pharmacy, she's like looking for it specifically. We see later when she and Daniel Craig are looking at like her patient's files to try to figure out why she's immune, that she was taking it. But that ultimately has no, it has nothing to do with it. They don't have a moment where it's like, oh, this pill for whatever reason slows the spread of the virus or whatever. No, what the, the immunity turns out to be that like, there's like a, a specific strain of like chicken pox or something like that, meningitis or whatever, that does something in the brain that makes it impossible for the alien bacteria to yeah yeah nothing that's like, shown just garble yeah just, it's like well, and that's, yeah that's what they call it and like daniel craig while like they're discovering that like he has a monologue where he's like puzzling it out it is incomprehensible totally it is incomprehensible like medical science babble like i could not follow what he was saying at all and And i think that's intentional yeah because it is pseudoscience but that's also where it's like okay so some people uh, and and yeah the the uh, nicole kidman's patient she had a bad case of that as a child and it almost killed her and oh just so happened that her son also had it and that's why he's immune you know it's like hyper chicken pox so like the yeah. assumption is if you had the vaccine for chicken pox you'd be so susceptible that's, that's why that's one of the reasons why it feels like the film is taking like an anti-vax kind of stance because yeah. well uh, uh, the the more the more like heavy-handed one that we haven't even mentioned yet is that since her ex-husband works at the cdc and he's infected their plan the invaders plan is to be like oh we've discovered this new strain of the flu and it's super deadly so we want to make sure that everybody gets their flu vaccine this year to make sure that they don't get the bad flu but the the alien virus is in the vaccine so all of the all of the sheeple who are lining up to get the vaccine because the government tells them to do so they're handing themselves over to the invaders without even knowing it so that when you age like fucking so milk. when you, yeah. yeah so when you have that combined with the immunity comes from getting a virus that we also have a vaccine for then it starts to come across as that like if you get vaccines you're gonna be one of the people who gets replaced in the invasion and only the people who didn't take the vaccines are gonna be the ones who survive and again the film doesn't take like an obvious enough stance on it to know whether that's intentional or it's just our post-covid well not really post-covid but our our post-pandemic reading of it but i agree with you it has aged like fucking milk like it is (laughs) and as cleveland mentioned before like they saved the day with a vaccine at the end yeah that they like spray into the air and stuff and they chemtrails. Chemtrails. Chem chemtrails. They, yeah. chem they, they, save, they save the day with chemtrails. Chemicals in the water. They're turning the freaking frogs back out of being pod people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they save the day by dispersing the vaccine via chemtrails at the end. <laughs> and it's a weird turn that the movie does that was so baffling to me that I was like, 
wait, earlier in the movie they had a quote-unquote vaccine that was bad. That's why I'm saying it's like I can't tell quite what the stance the film is actually taking. I almost thought the vaccine quote-unquote, at the end was gonna be the the pod people fake vaccine. Yeah, that they somehow made a fake vaccine that made them that made the virus stronger or something oh, no, yeah. see don't you understand maybe they did it's an ambiguous ending this movie yeah genius. maybe maybe uh maybe they they manipulated the vaccine so they made it so that the pod people actually can mimic emotion so they're even more of a a, a perfect uh well, recreation again, but right? then they're just people yeah no that yeah. that's yeah. stupid uh that's yeah. that's game theory that we're doing but um, one thing we learn in this movie it's pod people hate playing the psp oh. okay so like that's the yeah, yeah, never let that kid play the, the psp the hardcore like open sponsors in this movie too <laughs> the mountain dew the pepsi the 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 PSP it's again, yeah it's they for sure had like they for sure sponsors. had a had a Pepsi uh, a Pepsi sponsorship yeah, definitely a PSP because we one see because we see yeah Sony which, definitely gave them my some my money. joke was that the PSP failed because they spent all their marketing budget <laughs> on the invasion which I feel like fucking hilarious but yeah the Pepsi sponsorship is very obvious because of multiple times that Nicole Kidman is chugging Pepsi products which is confusing but <laughs> Pepsi right. keeps you awake there you go yeah all that sugar like it doesn't actually have that much caffeine in it it gives you the buzz because of the sugar but uh what else about the boring movie what do y'all think of daniel craig he's fine i mean i guess yeah the script is bad so like yeah serviceable for what he was working with i suppose honestly kind of forgettable forgettable like his character didn't really do anything I, i will say in terms of the acting in this movie I feel like Nicole Kidman was kind of carrying the whole movie on her shoulders sure. yeah. in terms of acting chops. In terms I mean, of acting, yes, she had a really bad script to work with, yeah. and a lot of the characters in this movie, but her character in particular, had a case of dumb bitch syndrome. Oh um, my god, yeah. So, we, like, it's... We didn't talk about the CDC guy. Like, so, we, we talk about, like, how he, he picks up the, the thing, like, pokes yeah. himself with it, and instead of walking right back into the hazmat facility... Be like, ah, I'm infected, guys! Help! Oh, hey, guys, uh, <laughs> you, you need someone to, to look at. Help, I touched area. it with my bare hands like yeah. an idiot! I should know better than this! Yeah, I work he, for the CDC! <laughs> he gets in the car and goes home and doesn't think anything of it. Uh, weird. But when he gets home at the very beginning... We also see his his girlfriend, like, or wife or whatever, like, sitting on the couch. He's surrounded by, like, a, an orgy of Chinese food, which was weird. Um, and uh, Been waiting on him so long that she ordered takeout six times. times. It's so weird. It looks like that, though, right? Like, it's weird. Anyway, um, and she's watching the news and sees the shuttle crash. And um, she's like, where have you been? And he's like, uh, shuttle crash. And, he's like, like, I've been While working, it's on the yeah. TV. And, uh, and she was like, well... All right, well, uh, you know, we can stay up or whatever. And he was like, no, I need to get to bed because I got to go right back out there in like a couple hours. And she's like, well, you could have called and let me know. You could have told me. Well, the, the, and it's like my dude has been like, like working. Like, who do you think I work for? Like, it's like, like you're watching the news. You see what I'm out there doing. Well, and the stupid shit, too, is that we see after that when she's going to bed, like we see the clock as she's like laying down in bed. And it is almost 5 a.m. at this point. Like, so she was really 
up all night eating Chinese food, watching the news, waiting for him to come home so they could watch just, the news yeah. together. It was all in one night. She well, just kept ordering Chinese food. Because that's the thing. That, the that's the thing, too, is like it presents itself like she was waiting up for him because she wanted to bang or something. But when he walks in, she's like, do you want to watch this together or not? And he's like, no, I got to go to bed. I got to be so back. He was just there. Why watch, would you want to watch what? it? Watch the news of where he was just at. What? What is this? <laughs> what is happening? And again, this is supposed to be when they're both of normal people. <laughs> That, ca- that character, that character, immediately gone. We never see her again after yep. that. No, scene. yeah, she's never. forgotten about. She's, she's like, oh hey, gone. here's here's this like rude bitch, and then like nothing else. And yeah. I was like, okay, I guess. And she's like, oh, your ex wife called twice. Still don't know why either. Like Nicole Kidman twi- called twice because she that that's his ex wife, right? So and then he calls her a couple of scenes later after he's been changed to try to get her to. Give him the sun. So why was she calling him? It's a bad script, it's folks. Bad script. Yeah. It's a bad script bad that script. doesn't really make sense under even a little bit of scrutiny. Yeah, just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit of what is that, what's actually going on here. You find out nothing, really. Yep. Uh, so let's find more things to talk about in this nothing of things. To, of, of, this movie sucks. Uh, let me think. All right, so we've got that. We've got the patient. We've got... The... I have something. Thank you. That I, I don't want to it. talk about yeah, is the <laughs> uh, subway projectile vomiting scene. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, that was kind of funny unintentionally. So yeah. So uh, Nicole Kidman is like on the run, and she gets in a subway train, and like all of the people in there are pretty much emotionless, mm-hmm. and she's kind of freaking out. And one of the guys is like, don't show emotions. They won't be able to tell who's who. Calm down. You can fool them if, yeah. you, if you stay calm Which is and don't like a show trope emotion. In yeah, these right. Movies. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but of course, the moment the invaders show up, everyone loses their cool. Well, no. The, the guy who tells her to be calm and emotionless the woman that he's with as soon as like the actual pod people walk into the train car she gets up and she's like what do you want from us you bastards leave us alone and like tries to push one it's like why does she have that outburst all of a sudden she and this guy that she's with are have obviously been like They've figured out how to be emotionless to hide. Why is she the one who breaks? Which it's <laughs> even more confusing. Sideways. It's even more confusing because one of the other people in the car is a woman who has like a wound on her arm or something. She's like trying to stop the bleeding while also pretending to be emotionless. So from a writing perspective, she's the one who makes the most sense to break. Yeah. Because she has like a wound that is like hurts her that she is unable to remain emotionless so it makes sense for her to be the one to give them away instead of one of the other people who just decides to give them away for no reason be like leave us alone you bastards 
But yeah. it does lead to them being chased by a bunch of the pod people uh, firing perfect streams of projectile vomit at them. <laughs> terrible which is, practical is pretty, is, I think it's they pretty funny. A, clearly had a hose, like yeah. a little hose. Yeah, exactly. Like fucking spitting cobras just like shooting Man. these little streams of like <laughs> green, green vomit. Like, I will infect you. Yeah. Not vomit at all. It's like super thin. And no, super it's a thin stream. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah, it's and, like uh, you, man, you can do that so much easier with practical effects too. Is just like just with your creative cutting, just have the actors put some like soup in their mouth and put some food coloring in it well, to make it a weird thing. color, and just have them just fucking spray it like you can you can make it look like they're actually vomiting shit so much easier than having like a little vomit hose you know yeah well the vomit hose it seemed like it was practical it was just bad practical. oh no no no, no. yes i'm i'm saying what i'm my point is is that you can accomplish a better yes, effect yes. through all through practicals through less complicated <laughs> yes. practicals yeah. even yeah. more practical means not just practical in the sense of practical yeah effects. yeah yeah, like, it is done practically, uh, yeah. which is honestly kind of surprising, because there's a lot of bad CG in this yeah. movie. Okay, well, yeah, so, like, what's the most fun, practical thing about all the other movies, right? The transitions. The weird pod stuff with oh. the feelers and the tendrils. The last one uh, that we talked about in particular, the Abel yeah. Ferrara one, had, like, with the, the transformation scenes... Yeah. Oh, they were man. good. I, I think I think the seventies one is still the best with like the the yeah. the the loft area that's yeah. all been overgrown. I mean, the seventies one is the best overall, but it, like sure, sure. especially in terms of like a showcase of practical effects with like the transformation scenes, like the nineties one, like yeah, did that great. shit in space. It's yeah. true, and like yeah, it, it did a great job, and it carried on, it carried on the torch, you know. Yeah, and um. With this one, it just took the torch and it just dunked it in the toilet. And it said, hey, what if we did like this one thing that's like super easy to do and we, we did it in CG for no reason? And so like the people are all covered in – it's just like they're covered in like a boring, latexy, plasticky, skinny goo thing in their bed. But for whatever yeah. reason, it has to be done with CG. And it's like you can – it's so easy yeah. to do practically. That, like, why that you feels, do that, that feels lazy. It's like they could yeah. have accomplished that with makeup for yeah, sure. And it would have been – you could have touched it. It would have looked better. Yeah, the first instance of it you know, you like, like a, was like so after weird. the Halloween scene and like the kid had it on his hand. Yeah. And I, she pulled it off and it almost looked like – Elmer's glue, you know, when dry glue is like clear yeah. and like, but like, but like CG, yeah, 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 because it like moved around a little bit. Well, yeah, and she takes that to Daniel Craig and his uh, doctor buddy, played by uh, Jeffrey Wright, who is kicks ass and uh, who who I I like as an actor. Uh, he is so he is uh, he is. Phoning the fuck out of this movie. I don't blame him. Kind of underused in this Yeah, movie. I, I don't blame yeah. him. He doesn't have really anything to do, but they take it to him and it's like. He's science man. Daniel Craig is like, oh yeah, well it's Halloween, so they must have bought whatever that is at Walmart or something. Like it's it's latex or fake skin or something. And Jeffrey Wright looks at it under a microscope and uh, Daniel Craig is like, well it's manufactured, right? And Jeffrey Wright is like, well, maybe it's either uh it's either a really it's either a really good latex prosthetic or it's really cheap skin. 
And it's like, first of all, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what is cheap? What is cheap skin? Like, human skin is it's something skin. that is, skin is skin. just skin. Skin is skin. Yeah. Like, what is cheap, cheap. skin? Like, I think uh, you can buy <laughs> cheap skin from uh, Nightwalkers and certain. Oh yeah, ways. there you go, yeah. <laughs> ladies of the night. Oh, yeah, That's the cheap skin. skin. Yeah, you're right. About. Like, the, yo, you want to talk about things that that don't hold up under not even like a like a microscope, but under like a children's magnifying glass it's like what is what like, is, that is the worst skin? line the, yeah. the line is like oh he says the thing but it's not the thing it's like oh yeah it's either cheap it's either really expensive latex or it's really cheap skin and it's like what the fuck is See, cheap skin but they they I do that you guys don't understand <laughs> i molt like a snake <laughs> like and a snake, i just yeah. sell my my skin for, for cheap. cheap for cheap yeah because yeah, yeah, once uh, it's off me i don't need yeah, it anymore. why do yeah, i need it's it? like it's like a sunburn i don't want just a person shaped but, but it's mold that, that's called hanging around and that's just called ashy all right you're ashy <laughs> right? You're, you're ashy and you need to deal with it you, damn you, you i need, need more lotion yeah you, you need to get some you need to get some lotion and deal with that shit all right you're ashy all right you're it's, fucking uh... ashy and you need to deal with it. it's gross all right get some fucking lotion so they do that so they can set up that, like, part of the transformation process is the alien virus, like, recreates skin on top of your skin as it's like, that's how it replaces you or whatever. And they, they do that so they can have the scene later where Nicole Kidman manages to escape the, the, the second train that we get, the second train sequence that we get in this movie, um where she gets cornered in the bathroom by the little Asian boy who she throws into a bedpost later. It's pretty funny. Um, but, uh, and he's it's like... comedically easy to take him and out. And he's like, you can stop pretending and come at, like, we know that you're not one of us. And she's like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll I'll do it, but let at least let me lock myself in this bathroom so I can be alone while I transform. Let me I molt in private. It's like I don't want people to look at me, and it's like okay, that's fine. So they let her lock herself in the bathroom, and right before that, she had like fallen asleep for just like a, a like a quick second because she is real tired. Um, we didn't mention that her husband, her ex-husband, uh, puked on her face earlier, so that's how she got infected. Whatever, it's not important. Who cares? Um, yeah, well, but puke gang. Puke gang. Like, yeah. that's the big thing. Slime, they, slime they, season. They run around in groups. Yeah, puke gang, slime season. Puke on with the slimes. Um, but, uh, she, so, like, <laughs> when she, thing. when she, like, almost falls asleep in the bathroom before like when she snaps back awake like she's got some of like the weird slimy fake skin on her so she like wipes it off and throws it into the trash can so cheap skin the cheap skin <laughs> so after she convinces the little asian boy to let her uh transform in you peace just a little boy. whatever <laughs> uh, <laughs> um she uh she goes into the trash can and pulls all the pieces of skin out of the the paper towels and sticks smart. and sticks them on herself. So like when he comes back in later, she's like pulling him off, uh, pulling them off of herself. Like she's just got done molting. So she she cleverly Pulls a fast one on. Uh, yeah, weasels her way out of that. I like it too because he also says to her, uh, "My mommy and daddy didn't survive the process. I hate that. Uh, so that means you're going to be my family now." 
like as an alien. Yeah, we're all one big family now. Well, and then she adopts him at the end after yeah, they cure she, she actually so does do like, that. So he, so he does join their family later, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh, that's the biggest cop out of all, I think, is that like not only is there like a vaccine to prevent people who like haven't been turned yet. <laughs> You know, who haven't, like, to immunize people and, like, had their brain, you know, like, haven't had their brains, like, completely hard rewired and stuff. To, but like, they can also cure it. But they can fucking cure it. That's which do- so which doesn't make any sense because the whole thing of the pod people is that it's replacement. Yeah. It's not, they're not, like, possessing you like a demon or something. No. They are copying you and replacing you, absorbing your memories and your thoughts and creating a copy that takes your place. Yep. But in this, it's just them rewriting the way their brains work, but then why do they have to put fake skin on top of the skin? Like, if it's cure, like... It, does, it doesn't hold up to just a moment's scrutiny. It doesn't make any sense. If there is replacement taking place with like new skin being put on top of the old skin then how is that something that's curable where they can turn you back we, to being human we with chemtrails like, well into the process and like their entire body is yeah it's a whole like, thing like their whole body's covered in like the weird slime not just covered but like it's like deep in there because it's like really translucent and like you yeah. can see that like it's they're in, like it's not just their skin like their organs and shit is all being like recomogrified or whatever making up a word um like well yeah the, the what you would you can't just like fucking that, spray spray like a vaccine on them and like suddenly it's they're building okay. it's building new alien tissue on top of the as the old tissue underneath yeah. is being dissolved well, or consumed or whatever you don't even think about that's even worse is they don't actually show anyone being cured they no. just are. We see the helicopters spray the stuff, and then it's like, oh, guess they're cured now. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's insufferable. I, I don't know if y'all ever saw the Brad Pitt World War Z movie, no, but no. Uh, it came out a, a couple years after this one, or you know, within within five years, and it does basically the exact same thing, where it's like there's the idea of a cure through the whole thing, and then a character manages to get to safety, and then they just jump forward in time and like we have cured the virus, everyone is okay now. It's like they just. <laughs> It's like there's none of that in the actual movie. Tell not show. Great, yeah. In this movie, literally, it's like, yeah, Jeffrey Wright somehow ends up in, like, a military helicopter and why those uh, soldiers aren't... There's a bit where they're on the ground or... That pissed me the fuck off because they have the military guys come off of the helicopter and, like, shoot a bunch of rifles at, like, the... uh, the the opening where like a bunch of infected are coming up and trying to chase the they helicopter. Do they shoot them? They don't shoot at all. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, yeah, the, and that's what pissed so, me off so much. Yeah, to kind like, of you it. set it up. Yeah, like to frame it for the listeners, like Nicole Kidman is like driving through the drowns down the streets streets of DC. There's people piled up on top of her car. Um, she's throwing them off of her car and honestly some of the stunts in that shot look pretty good like i was gonna say that's like my one tiny bit of praise for this movie is like there's some good stunts leading up to that anyway and uh they're flying around the helicopter and there's like you gotta get to the so-and-so parking garage you're gonna get to the top of it like the very top we'll come down and pick you up so cool the big climax is she has to get to the top of a regular parking garage anyway she she finally does 
And she, of course, she's being chased by hordes of them the whole time. She's dragging her little son along. And she gets to the rooftop, the helicopter lands, and a bunch, like you were saying, Ben, a bunch of army dudes hop off of it with rifles. And you're like, yeah, it's the climax of the movie. Let's fucking go. Let's have her in a mad dash running to get to them as they're shooting the, the infected left and right. Let's get something, you know? At this point, anything. And instead, she runs past him, hops on the helicopter, and like, all right, let's go, and just hop on the helicopter, and that's it. Roll fucking credits. Like, well, I mean, you know, not yet, but... Well, no, not roll credits. Jump forward in time to we easily found a vaccine in the little boy's blood, and we sprayed it all over Literally the world yeah, from so helicopters, dumb. and we we stopped the alien virus invasion. Stupid. Good job, team. I think they didn't shoot the people is because the invaders aren't pod people replacing people. But it's just oh, they're quote unquote infected, so they didn't didn't want want to kill them. The military to be shooting civilians. They didn't want to kill them because they were gonna try to cure it. I need to think about that's so fucking stupid. Yeah. Oh, that's so fucking dumb. You're right. Yeah, because this is 2007. This is still gotta make the military semi uh, military. Wuha, yeah. America. Yeah, they don't yeah. they don't lean okay. too heavily in on the military aspects of it, but it very much does feel like, well, we're in a post nine eleven America. We have to have America be the heroes who save the day and discover the vaccine and save the world and plunge the entire rest of the world back into the conflicts that the American government is directly responsible for starting in the first place, because that's how we know that we're human, folks. (laughs) That's how we know that we're human. Like, yeah, we maintain our sense of individuality, but uh, we're still killing each other because none of us can agree, but that's that's what makes us who we are. Are we really human if the American empire has collapsed? <sighs> yeah, no. it, it's such a fucking frustrating <laughs> cop-out that makes perfect sense for when the movie came out. Is it like, yeah, we got to have America save the day, you know? We it, it can't it can't have the kind of bleak nihilistic ending that this story al- always has where it is too late. The invasion has succeeded. Yeah. At this point, it's just weeding out the last few people who, you know, have not been turned. Let's yeah. rate and let's just fucking rate. I have a, a creative exercise for us. Sure, after we... but yeah, let's let's get the let's get the rating out of the way first. Uh, man, honestly, I I was pretty offended by this movie. <laughs> to be real, I thought it was it was pretty insulting from. Uh, a lot of perspectives of just like people who appreciate the invasion of the body snatcher story, people who appreciate film, people who appreciate Nicole Kidman. Um, I I thought it was fucking trash from like top to bottom. Very few redeemable qualities at all. Um, is it a miserable watch? No, I guess not. But it's not a good time. I'm gonna give it a one and a half out of five. Yeah, heartbreak doesn't feel good oh, in a place like this. Uh, this was a, a dumpster fire. This is a one and a half for me as well. Oh, yeah, I just did all that. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired and bummed out. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that'll give the invasion an average of one and a half out of five pods. <laughs> you know, and we, we talked about this a little bit before the show. 
We have four film adaptations of the same story of the novel by Jack Finney, and three out of four being good, I'll take it. Even even the yeah. 90s one was, well, was all right. Yeah, the 90s one was good, not great. That's yeah. a good segue into the thought exercise. So you're a producer. You have whatever budget you want, okay. but you have to produce a new Invasion of the Body Snatchers movie within the next year or two. Who do you pick to direct it, and who do you pick to star? Uh, I want to get the Wachowskis to do it with the digital double of Bruce Willis. <laughs> oh, no! No, let Bruce rest, please. No, did you hear? Did you yes, hear? Yeah. He sold his rights. He sold likeness. his likeness. Digital likeness, yeah. So now, like, any studio no. can just have a digital twin of Bruce Willis in their movie Who now. let that happen? Bruce Willis! Yeah, but, but he's not all there. But he is like his estate, he, his family. He has Alzheimer's. That's like he, terrible. I'm just shrugging right now. Like I don't know what to tell somebody, you. Somebody, somebody, let him sell his likeness. That's 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 yeah. That's that's yeah. genuinely heartbreaking. That makes me feel heartbreak really, doesn't feel good. That makes like me this. feel really Once bad, again. actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. Get fucked. Uh, oh. We're gonna see Bruce Willis forever now in movies. No, Bruce. Yeah, uh, like what we can't been, just say, "Hey, remember Die Hard?" What they've, wasn't been, good? what they've been doing to him over the last few years, like as his like mental state has been declining, is like already like really grotesque. And man, that's just the icing on the cake, isn't it? Oh, gross. Hot bummer. I'm sorry to um, sorry to bum you out even more at this week. Okay. this time of week. <laughs> well, I'll try to I'll try to make myself not think about that by answering Ben's question. I I can't I can't say that I have like a super concrete answer because I think there's a lot of different ways that you can take it, but I think it depends on what kind of tone you're wanting to what tell this story. Most? Yeah, I I, I think I think if you're going for like the standard like horror thriller tone of this story i I think somebody like uh like dan trachtenberg would be really solid for Mm. it because i think he's a good director and he's uh and, and importantly he's a good director with actors and i think that the crux of a movie like this is good good characters and good actors. Um, so I think that he could do a good serious adaptation. That being said, um, I think that to do a fifth adaptation of this and take it from maybe a slightly more comedic standpoint, but still like have integrity as a horror film. Honestly, I think somebody like Jordan Peele could do a really good adaptation of, of this it kind, kind of already of story. did with us. Kind of, yeah. us, us, us kind is of kind of, yeah. Though. No, you're you're definitely right. Maybe um, that's why I'm thinking about here's, it. Here's what I want. Um, uh, earnestly, since my my first answer okay. was a joke one. I have one too. But yeah, go first. Sure thing. Yeah, I mean, it was your it was your thing, so you should finish it off. But um, I think that Hereditary is about your family not being your family, and I think that um, Midsummer is about being taken into an outside fa- familial collective. Finding I think, a new family. And finding a new family. I think Ari Aster would do a very good job. I think Ari Aster could do good at this. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think, uh, that, you know, uh, while we're at it, let's just go ahead and, oh, fuck, what's her name? From Midsummer and from, uh, Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh would get do a, a great job. put her in it? Uh, yeah, th- th- throw her in there. Um, but no, actually, uh, I want Sam Neill, uh, Samuel's great, and he was also already kind of tangentially in a Pod People movie with with Possession. possession. So, 
it all, yeah, that's, yeah, just there's a good lineage hey man, there. Yeah, I can yeah. never say no to Sam Neill. I'll take mm-hmm. him anytime. Yeah. yeah. Ben, so, the whole crux of a pod people movie is deadpan pod people. You mm-hmm. know, they're human, but they're not really human. Emotionless replacements. What if everyone in this world was that? Damn, For example, in a Yorgos Lanthimos movie, nah. everyone oh, is already deadpan. You're thinking of like killing of a sacred deer yeah, or something like that. Everyone is already super deadpan and flat in their delivery. And Nicole Kidman was yeah. in Killing of a Sacred yeah. Deer. So I think uh, a structure Carol, like bring him in. like that could work really Man. well. Killing of, a, killing of a sacred deer is basically already invasion of the body snatchers. Without, <laughs> know, just yeah. like the way that those characters behave. Like, it's not invasion of the body snatchers at all. But, like, talk about simulacra of humanity. Like, there's characters in those movie, in that but movie. But it's like that almost human thing, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah, I agree I with you. You could nail it. I agree with um, you. In terms of actors, like, I don't know, man. Like. Colin Farrell could do it really well. <laughs> you yeah, just want killing of a sacred deer yeah. again. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's what you're totally saying. valid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's others, but I can't think of any deadpan actors. But you're thinking of Nathan. But you're thinking of Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman and Yorgos Lanthimos. Nathan Fielder. Yeah, let's yeah. just let's yeah. just put him in a serious uh, acting role. Yeah, it's time. Yeah, he could do it as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he's he's another he's another uh, comedic creator who I think uh, has the right sensibilities to to do horror. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we were talking about recently on our Barbarian episode. Isn't he doing something like that with like Margot Robbie or something? He does have like some HBO show coming. It's not with Margot Robbie. It's with Emma Stone and somebody Same else. Person. And the Safdie brothers. And the Safdie yeah, brothers, brothers, yeah, or one yeah. of them. I don't know if it's both of them, but at I least at least Benny Safdie, yeah. Uh, invasion movie. Yeah, they, they you know are very fucking indebted to fucking Abel Ferrara. So see, I I didn't I didn't give my I didn't give my. Uh, my cast for for my oh, movie but now i'm thinking okay let's actually do let's actually do a softy brothers directed with Ooh. with uh reuniting robert pattinson and Kristen stewart for the first time since twilight invasion wow. of the body snatchers okay. okay i i can see it yeah. i mean Kristen stewart does have that very I think she. Delivery. I think she would be great in the yeah, body snatchers i think she movie. could do really well <laughs> i think she would be natalie great in body portman snatchers. Has a very flat delivery. Did you like Annihilation? Annihilation. Yeah. Also kind of a movie about being... Well, no, it is a movie about being What, what we're really learning through this exercise is a lot we're, of just, movies na- out we're there. just naming existing movies that we like already. It's <laughs> basically what's happening. Yeah, we want to see more of that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, um, next week's... Ep- oh, shit. What is next week's episode? Oh, Christ. Halloween ends. Oh is next. no! <laughs> okay. Halloween ends is next, and all I gotta say about that for the time being is Halloween ends. I sure hope it does. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> oh, evil man. dies tonight. Evil dies for real this time. God, I fucking hope so. Well, uh, yeah, it we're we're fully in spooky season, so. Uh, Join us next week for our review of Halloween Ends. Uh, Hopefully it will be the end of Halloween. 
Sponsor time. Who's the sponsor? Uh, John Wick, if he could hoop. <laughs> Damn! Yeah. Man, ball is life, though. Ball I mean... is life. And if it's John Wick, ball is death. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Think about it. <laughs> now that's an idea for a film. Come on and slam. And welcome to the John Wick jam. John Wick ball is dead. <laughs> the only the only way the, the only way to defeat the high table once and for all is to cross them up and break their ankles. <laughs> Well, that'll do us. That, that'll do us. That'll do us that'll for do this it. week. That'll do it, and that'll do and us. us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> happy fifth. Happy happy boys, fifth pot anniversary, boys! And thank you <sighs> to everybody who listens to the show, who has been listening for a while, or if you're new. Uh, we got five years worth of backlog. If that's the case, you can check out all of those old episodes. There's a lot of good shit in there. Uh, if you want to support us, the easiest way to do so is to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. Shout out to our honorary pod boys, Sam Simon and Zach Confer. Y'all are amazing and the best, as always. You can follow us on Twitter at podpeoplepod and at letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod. Or you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. I'm on Twitter at some spooky snake and also uh, twitch.tv slash some spooky snake. Uh, there's probably a spooky Saturday happening soon. Maybe this weekend. Who knows when you're listening to this. Uh, but that's where you can find me. In the future or in the past. Ooh. Mm. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And uh, if it's still October, it is. This is airing. Wow, it's October. That's so exciting. It's a spooky month. Uh, go check out the Mortuary Assistant. They added clowns, and it's awful. Oh. It's really fucked up. Don't. If you have calorophobia, I think calorophobia. Clownophobia. Yeah. If you if you if you see the if you hear a honk and you you see a, a powdery <laughs> face and that makes you frightened. Go play the Mortuary Assistant. Honestly, even if it doesn't, that one probably will. It's a it's a rough. It's like because you know you're working on dead bodies and it's like a dead. It's like a clown corpse, but now with clowns. Yeah, like I don't. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's it's really good. Um, I'm not a big fan, but check it out. Check it out. Well, you know, no, I mean, I'm not. I am a big. Fan. It, it's scary, and that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, go check that out. Um, oh, also, I can finally I, I can finally announce uh, that I'm working on a fucking creep show game, Ooh, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. So I can finally talk about that. So uh, get hyped for that and stay tuned. It's gonna be a while. Uh, I think we're slated for 2024. But um, uh, yeah, Dread XP is working on a fucking creep show game, and I'm working on it. It's fucking awesome, and I'm fucking yeah. excited about it. So get hyped for that. Uh, Go back and listen to our episode on Creepshow. That was just me and Ben. Cleveland wasn't there for that one. I wasn't there for that one, but you should definitely listen to it and go watch it. And yeah, Creepshow fucking slaps. It's going to be a fucking banger if it's even anything like the Dread Collection games. Oh, it's going to be. 
It's going to be even better. I mean, honestly. Considering the budget, it fucking better be. And uh, <laughs> the people working on it, yeah. Oh, yeah, we've got a fucking slam dunk of a group working on it. Um, I mean, uh, but, you know, go, go look into it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Go, yeah. go, yeah. That's, I've, I've done enough talking about, enough about me. What about you, listener? Well, thank you, dear listener, once again. For helping make our fit our fifth year anniversary <laughs> special, helping make our fifth, helping our fifth, This movie has broken. Us. <laughs> Here, here's here's to fifth more. <laughs> Castles of Mali, just be very still. I ain't gonna hurt anybody. Hell no, nah, I like 12, but if I like it, I cop it. I met Papi, and he said he good at uploading wallets. Can me rhyme with the signs of my youngest. Can me bullet with the signs of my youngest. I be slamming with the signs of my youngest. Can me slime with the signs of my youngest. Hey, Prince of Kind of Bells inside my baby Pampa's ill. I get out of work and let the J snap the scale. My bitch rides slow with the A like she get L's. I wear that white, I cook that white, but I am not no shell. Add a little soda, put the tan on it. I got the shit for the L on my shoulder, want it? I drink more mud than the pig, got my pork, want me? And the front of the Maji look like a fork, don't it? Let it breathe. I'm not no rapper, young thugger, be chasing cheese. I want the L's and I'm not talking Mickey D. My jury go like the tokens that check the cheese. Oh, English. 800 castles of Mali. Just be very still. I ain't gonna hurt anybody. Hell no, nah, like 12, but if I like it, I cop it. I met Papi and he said he good at uploading wallets. Can me rhyme with the signs to my youngest. Can me bullet with the signs to my youngest. I be slamming with the signs to my youngest. With my